Welcome to the Candeo Equipping Podcast. I'm Jake Herring, and today I get to sit down with Cody Klein and Laura Benson. 2020 has disrupted habits and rhythms for most of us, and in our conversation today, we're going to talk about what it looks like to use the Christmas season to redeem some of our rhythms as a way to reset and refocus as we look to end this weird year by finding our greatest joy in Jesus. We hope you enjoy the discussion. So, Merry Christmas, you guys. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Jim. What's that look for? I just, in light of what? <laughs> just in light of things. He's trying to transition into the recording. No, he's trying to find the so intro, that intro line. Doesn't work. No, no, here, so no, 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 no. Here's what I was wanting to do. I was trying to find a way to, uh, to begin our our argument over Christmas nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, Jake you, just told me when I came in here, he's like, you know what I've wanted to do with these podcasts? I, I wanted to get in an argument. <laughs> Actually, I think I finished your sentence. I said, you you've wanted to get in an argument, you haven't you? And yeah. you were like, I have. Yeah. And I have just... And it hasn't happened yet. And then you take the bait. I'm not taking the bait. I'll walk out. And then I've got you, you don't want to jump into to a debate about... Nostalgic traditions. I love you too much to have conflict. With That's you. the that has never been of the case. Jake. <laughs> How long have you known this man? Well, I'm not over the open air. What does that benefit a person? <laughs> See, okay, so in 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 the realm of nostalgia here. So <laughs> last year, we did candles at the Christmas Eve service, uh-huh. and I remember that being a moment beforehand, not before the service, but uh-huh. when deciding to do that, that that was a I very distinctly felt dying to myself and loving <laughs> you particularly, Cody, yeah. in that. That's so, why Stacy refers to you as my work wife. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like how the relationship works. Like there's just there's just times where like some take. We, we we die to ourselves, and it's yeah. like yeah, like, I love you enough to let you have candles. <laughs> and I'm, I'm this year returning the favor. That's true. Well, <laughs> so that means we're not doing candles yeah. again. We don't have to schedule that carpet cleaning yeah, this year. Yeah. <laughs> in oh, our, no. in our sure. sea of wax. The chairs we've had to set aside. It's like, uh-huh. I don't think that's ever going to look right again. Oh, my word. Uh, what's, what's, what's your favorite uh, Christmas tradition, Laura? What, what's the thing that you get most nostalgic about? Um, all of it. I don't know. There, I don't. There's not anything, one thing that it's like, oh, okay. my family always did this. I kind of just like the... I don't know, the festivity in December. I like Christmas lights. I like certain movies that I have to rotate through every year, things okay. like that. Which, sure, you could put the movies in the category of totally shallow. but I don't think so, though. I think that's I, helpful. I just think there. I think there's a way to do nostalgia really unhealthily. And I think there's a way to have nostalgia be a form of, like, enjoying God's good, good gifts and mm. leading you to worship in different ways than you do in... June, so yeah, yeah. I, you know what's? I I didn't expect you to say that because I do think that's a really great segue into what we want to talk about today. Because right. so, would you say that a way to not do nostalgia well would be, or an unhealthy expression of that mm-hmm. would be when when nostalgia begins to uh, trump be, everything, trump everything, or be be the underlying basis for a tremendous amount of frustration when things look different than they used oh, to be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which is, how does 2020 not look different than it used to be, right? So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've had to fight that this year. My Thanksgiving did not look as I would want it traditionally to look. Mm-hmm. Didn't spend time with family or eat the exact right meal that I need to have or something on Thanksgiving. And it 
it forced me to I was thinking last night actually about how much I desire to have like robust fun traditions with family but always live in a level of flexibility that if COVID happens and I don't get to have them it doesn't like kill Christmas Mm. and so I think I'd be so fun to like establish new rhythms with your kids and fun things you do for Christmas if yeah you don't become like addicted to that Mm. in order to actually enjoy Christmas yeah but yeah so in that theme of rhythms one of the things that we've found as a family that is that the Christmas season has been a particularly helpful time it's almost like a cultural landmark that regardless of the rhythms that we had throughout the rest of the year it's almost this like but that Sunday after Thanksgiving or let's say December 1st right December 1st mm-hmm. is a very just clear marker on the calendar within the culture that that we've established some rhythms as a family that have helped us uh, let's say like refocus mm-hmm. um, re-engage like be very purposeful with one another at least for the next 25 days and so uh, we found that like really helpful and part of the reason for this conversation has been one just being curious like what what do you do maybe differently during the christmas season that you found particularly beneficial for your family or for you as you've you know as you've navigated uh different christmas seasons and and how can we learn from each other and and maybe even encourage people who are watching to not let another christmas season go by without being purposeful mm-hmm. and maybe redeeming some of that yeah. time to refocus. So have there been any any rhythms, anything that you've done to to maybe help redeem or focus uh, your time or your family's time in, in Christmas seasons, present or past? So I'm going to start this off with a little bit of honesty that hopefully uh, there's somebody out there. There's got to be at least one soul out there that's mm-hmm. going to hear this and just rejoice for a brief bit. We actually are not. This may surprise you, Jake. We're not a very regimented family. Mm. Like Stacy and I, I can't point to like a habit or a routine that we've had with our kids. It's like, oh, we've done that for mm-hmm. three or four years. In fact, I, I can't even think of one that's like, oh, we've done that for three or four weeks. Now, I love traditions and I love certain things. It's like these are just things that we love to do that I think as my kids grow up, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we've – We've done that, but, it, but when it comes to spiritual things, we've we've always kind of been evolving and trying new things. I think I think you don't have a regimented approach, but you do have a very purposeful approach. That mm. there's this constant attitude within our household of Stacy and I, where it's like, as you get up, as you lie down, as you're walking along the road, like seizing opportunities for conversation to point things out. It's it's what I shared a few weeks ago while teaching. It's like. It's walking the beach and admiring creation and uh, watching the waves just continue to crash again and again and again and, and talking about the love of God and the grace of God that's displayed in that or watching the sun come up and talk about how light shines in the darkness. The darkness did not overcome it. So there's there's those things. Um, and so for us, right now is a pretty sweet time because just the way that it works out in our life schedule and rhythms, the other thing that adds into us having a bit more time to just sit down and all our kids' sports stuff from the fall and summer is mm. kind of taking a break. And mm. so we pause uh, a bit. So for those that are out there that I would say, like, we go, I don't have a regimen. And, and I like, I, I don't. We're OK. <laughs> We're going to be OK. Mm. Uh, but I think try to be intentional with something. Um, so 
I was telling you last week, we've, we've made a number of like small changes around our household. Um, there's a book that I, I read. I, I want to just put it out there as a, as a plug. Uh, Andy Crouch wrote a book called The TechWise Family. A lot of great stuff in there, specifically, obviously, related to, to like devices, technology, whatever. But he just talked about the importance of nudges. Like, there's just things all day long that kind of nudge us one way or another. Um, even where we place, like, the TV remote in our living room is a nudge. If it's right next to the couch, mm. it's a, yeah, you sit down, that's easy. It's just right there, pick it up. So placing it in a drawer rather than is a nudge. So one thing we've tried to do here, especially this Christmas season, uh, is to keep, like, this Advent tree, like, at the center of our dining table with these little, like, day-by-day reading uh, scriptures to, to kind of dig into and stuff. And so, uh, yeah, if it's just a gentle nudge, like, as we're sitting there, like, pull one out, read it, and discuss it. And so we're on day mm-hmm. eight. I'm actually not sure where Stacy got that. Mm-hmm. But I think it kind of goes with the Jesus Storybook Bible. So... Uh, depending on the length of the story, sometimes we'll read it out of the Jesus Storybook Bible. Or when do you generally do that? Is that during dinner? During uh, supper. Yeah. And and right now, again, our life has slowed a bit to allow us that. Mm. Uh, another thing that's kind of weird. I don't know if this actually fits in the conversation, but I'll drop it real quick. But again, in this TechWise book, he, he kind of made me aware of like the technology that's all over our house and just different things and different things that can, again, nudge you to slow down. We've been doing like candlelit dinners, like two skinny candles in the middle of our dining room table, like and dim the lights, like candlelit dinners as a family, probably four or five times a week. Mm. And that's really, I mean, that's like Stacy's love language. Cause we'll do then like, we'll go on the table and do like, what's your favorite part of the day? And she's like, right now, like yeah. slowing down, <laughs> being together in just that conversation and then pull out the Advent reading and, mm. and pick that up. And so that's just one of the rhythms that we've, we've tried mm. to capture in this moment. But if you ask me in a month, so now what are you doing? Probably won't have the tree or whatever, mm. but we'll have moved on to something else. And so mm-hmm. always yeah. purposeful, but you're more regimented. And so mm-hmm. what do you do? Like, Yeah, we, yeah. we try to, when, when we think of rhythms for our family, we try to anchor them in things that we're already doing. Mm-hmm. So at least in this season of life, and I know it's different when your kids are older or whatever, but for us, like like our kids do bedtime at the same time. And so for us, our nights look, uh, it's painfully predictable. We start getting ready for bed at eight, like getting the kids ready for bed. They get their pajamas, you know, get a snack. And What's we'll, Judah's snack? Isn't uh, even that like the same thing every night? <laughs> Well, yeah, sometimes like last it lately it's been Cheerios yeah. and we ha- Classic. we have multi-grain Cheerios, which we call oh. brown Cheerios, yeah. multi-grain, uh, honey nut and apple cinnamon. And lately he's been asking for a little bit of all of them oh, that's awesome. in the same one. So it's, it's, it's the five-year-old equivalent of taking the cup <laughs> at McDonald's and just doing all the sodas, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. yeah. And so, so he's been doing that, but like. So it's like we're always we we know we got bedtime and we know we eat dinner together and I, and I think sometimes I take that for granted that it's like not every family mm. values even just that meal time together and I understand that there's it's not like an every night thing or whatever but I do think it's important to think through like what are what are things that our family is regularly doing 
and spaces that we're already naturally in together. Mm-hmm. And how can I incorporate some something purposeful within that? It's not like our dinners have been commandeered by, well, now for that 30 minutes, it's family devotion time. It's usually five minutes, oh, yeah. you know? And so for us, like... Bedtime is a really easy time, especially in Christmas work. We always read the Bible. We always pray. We always sing a song together. And so for us, it's like, well, we're walking through uh, Ann Voskamp's like Advent book. Mm-hmm. We've got an Advent tree that has like a little picture that goes with the book that, that the kids will stick up, you know. Mm-hmm. On that, after we read it, we'll pray, and then we'll sing a Christmas song. It's mainly been joy to the world because for some reason people like take out that third verse. That's a great song. It's a great song. And I'm like, yeah, I, I want my kids to know this song as much. I know I want them to know the words of this in the same way that they know the words to In Christ mm-hmm. Alone, mm-hmm. It Is Well, A Mighty Fortress, uh-huh. the doxology. Like, So that's our rhythm for the night. And then at dinner time, it's we've got a little Advent wreath in the middle, and we'll we'll read the. Right now, we've got the cards that we're handing out on Sunday mornings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it's just got the yep, scripture, thing. question, and answer, and we go through that every night and light the candle that corresponds to the week. And yeah. it literally takes three minutes, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that's the thing. I I love that you're highlighting that because even when I talk about us having candle at dinners, it probably sounds like some really extravagant affair. Like it's right. <laughs> it's burgers it's and fries. Doable. Like yeah. it's pretty, like that. That's what it was uh-huh. the other night is burgers and fries and and yeah I, I've got a range of kids you know it goes up to 11 down to four so my 11 and nine-year-old can kind of stick with it a little bit longer mm-hmm. but I, I mean in in total it's probably five to ten mm-hmm. oh yeah but it but for them is is it's really shaping. I mean, mm-hmm. the conversation that it creates, and then it, it continues to feed throughout different parts of the night. You know, mm-hmm. a question that pops up, or your kid is reading something else, and now tying that together, and 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 those beautiful things. I mean, mm-hmm. so, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's what's so fun and beautiful about different forms of worship or traditions, habits, things like that. Is um, like you were saying, it's freeing to know there isn't necessarily one right way to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of variety for, I think, I think the way to to live that out well is to think through what for me or my family actually makes sense for this to be purposeful. Mm-hmm. So some people love the hustle and bustle of December. They love shopping. They love gifts are a huge part of their life. And for them that it might be like, Buying gifts and thinking through how to love people individually well is a mm. great form of worship and love and care and, like, bringing meaning to the fact that Jesus is the best gift we could receive. So they love displaying that through gifts. Mm. Some people, that might drive them crazy, and they want to slow down and do, like, maybe not have such materialism or whatever. And for them, it could look like some of the... Yeah, it just is fun that there's a lot of different ways to do it. Mm. Um, I think it it necessitates thinking through what is going to like dry me up or fill me up. Mm. Um, What are specific ways that me or my family worships well, and how can we redeem some of those really fun traditions, but just add richness and purpose to them. Yeah. So for me, I, I think in December I try to, I typically enjoy reading my Bible a little bit more for um, breadth. I, I, Mm. really like reading big chunks of the time. But in December, I think I particularly try to slow down and read a little bit more for depth. I love reading through Luke 1 and 2. I love reading through just passages that I, I need to soak in a little bit more. Um, so the past couple of years, I've also walked through a 
devotional book, an Advent book. Last year, I read Hitting Christmas by Tim Keller. Mm-hmm. The year before, one. I read um, Love Came Down at Christmas yep. by yep. Sinclair Ferguson. And um, yeah, it just is a great way to get my mind um, pointed in the right direction mm-hmm. as Christmas approaches. Does Does Love Came Down at Christmas have an audio version with Sinclair reading it? Oh, that would be the oh, money version. We should look into that. Yeah. I don't know why I haven't thought about that. Too. Oh, because I'm, I'm reading it right now. <laughs> yeah. In this season, and oh, that'd get be his amazing. Scottish it, voice in there. The, the, the angels will appear once again uh-huh. as your. What, Laura? What have you found? Like, so one, this is your last Christmas single. Yeah. Um. But, like, what have you found to be helpful, particularly within the rhythms, like, as a single person? Mm -hmm. So, one. And then, two, with, I mean, you've been part of Salt Staff for Mm -hmm. eight years Mm -hmm. now, like, on a Salt Staff. Yeah. What are rhythms that you tend to see college students fall into, Mm -hmm. like, that are maybe unhealthy over a Christmas break? And especially as we look to the Christmas break this year being particularly long. So long. Like, what are some things that you think would be especially helpful for college students to redeem this time. Yeah. Now, even this year with it being a longer break. Yeah. I think, I think, um, it takes a lot of thought and intentionality about what rest actually mm-hmm. is. What mm-hmm. is rest actually like true, true, true rest. When we're talking about the actual true form of rest, that's resting from our like striving, right? Like we, we, because of the blood of Christ, we no longer have to, um, be wrestling in like the darkness of our sin. We have freedom from that. We have rest from trying to clean ourselves up before God because Christ already did that for us. And so good rest and good forms of rest on this earth should look like things that point us to that and remind us of that. Mm. Um, I think where I have, yeah. Well, I want to pause there for a moment. So I think maybe two very specific things like rest isn't, these are huge, I think in our culture, TV, Mm-hmm. Or our phones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, totally. Like those, those are two things that just rob me of yes. my ability to rest. So I think I don't want to cut you off too much because you're headed on a direction, but I want to swing back to that at some point and can think pragmatically for people. Mm-hmm. We've, we've made those things synonymous. Oh, I'm just going to take a load off and mm-hmm. relax and watch Netflix. It's like that. That's not rest. <laughs> no. Yeah. And that's so, exactly what I was going to like okay, where perfect. I'm headed is that I think, I think and this isn't just college students, but I see it primarily in college Mm. students and in myself, is I think, like, I can't wait for the time I'll have over break to, whether intentionally or unintentionally, what ends up happening is binging on Mm. Netflix or scrolling on the phone, which it looks like that is restful. You are not moving. You are, Mm. like, inactive. You're able to kind of shut off your mind, and sometimes what we seek in rest is an escape from normal life and so it seems to promise that we'll be able to be feel rested after that but i can tell you from experience from other people's experience like you will not feel rested after you spend an entire day binging Mm -hmm. a tv Mm -hmm. show you just won't Mm -hmm. it's not you feel like a stick of butter. It's not. It's not a good feeling after that. <laughs> I don't. Want to, so I, I've never like imagined what a stick of butter would feel. That's like. That's what it would but feel like. A stick of butter. Yeah, oh, and so we terrible. mistake a beached whale. <laughs> we mistake all these things for rest when those things are yeah. not rest. And so, man, my encouragement to to college students over break is to think like, what ways do mm. I feel rested, and. 
that might mean going for runs. It might mean yeah. going fishing. And well, that's not a winter thing. Ice well, fishing. Ice fishing, sure. Like there's different forms of it, but to to before break happens, think through what actually makes me feel rested. It's probably not binging because mm. that never actually makes you feel rested. And and not. A lot of times, I mean, rest comes as a result of holding yourself to discipline. Yeah. Some of my best Christmas breaks were when I went into it with a plan mm-hmm. of like, I'm going to read a book of the Bible every day over a Christmas break mm-hmm. because I do have time. Mm-hmm. And that'd be maybe, what, 30 minutes to an hour of reading for most books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I'd walk out of those and go, man, I feel so rejuvenated in my soul, so rested. Not cheated in any way, but I think, again, if you're not purposeful, if you're not disciplined, you can lose that. Mm-hmm. That's why even one of the things that we've brought into our household as a, as a discipline, I think this is true for a person of any age, is uh, we implemented what we call like a, like a electronics locker. Mm. It's not it's not like a locker locker. It looks nice in the corner of our house. But what it does is it gives us a space where our phones go. And they charge, and it's not near our beds. It's in like a central living space that's away from our bedrooms. And it's a delight now to get home from a day and to get it into the electronics locker. And there's a select few people that can actually call, and my phone will ring. And so if anybody needs me, I can, I can still hear it. Mm-hmm. But it's just out of my hand. It's out of sight. It's out of mind. And it allows the entire household just to rest. But that in itself is like a discipline. Yeah. Um, even even Stephen Jones and we were coming up here. He's like one of the best things I did in the Christmas season is on the day of Christmas, I didn't open my phone at all. Mm-hmm. I shut it off for that day just mm-hmm. to be more present with my family. Simple things like that, but it takes yeah. discipline. Mm-hmm. It takes thinking about it beforehand. Yeah, making a plan and yeah. and uh, and that discipline brings about rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It it has been pretty fascinating. It was it was just before the election in November. I found myself, I was on Facebook and I, and I was like, I'm so stressed out by looking at everything. I just deactivated Facebook and two things happened that were, that were interesting. One, I was less stressed out. Two, I hated people less. Like, <laughs> you know, it yeah. was, it, it, but there, there seemed to be a direct correlation between like love for people and amount of stress uh, in that, you know, I I think I was telling you this the other week. There, uh, I had a professor at Moody. Her name's Rosalie De Rose, and uh-huh. she she's been so shaping for me. Particularly, she has a, and, and we'll put this in the show notes. She has a um, uh, a talk she gave at a Moody Bible Institute chapel called Mindful or Mindless. Mm-hmm. I feel like you sent that to me once. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like it's developing a theology of leisure, mm-hmm. and one of the things she says in there and. And I'm I'm probably butchering it, but it's something to the effect of uh, what we do in our leisure is actually more important than what we do on purpose, mm-hmm. or what we do in our leisure actually says more about who we are mm-hmm. and shapes us more than what we do on purpose. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think sometimes it's easier for us to think of rest or of leisure as being somewhat inconsequential. It's kind of like I unplug, mm-hmm. and then I get back to the important things. When the reality is like the way that we approach leisure or rest or free time or whatever it is actually probably shapes us as people more than the checklist we have or more than the jobs that we have mm-hmm. like because what it does is like with that open space what it does is it ex- 
it's the place for our true desires, our true affections to boil to the surface. Like what I do with my blank space is more probably a display of, mm. of what I care about than what I do in the things that have been decided for me, maybe mm. with my job or something like that, you know? So yeah. it was, it's just been such a shaping thing that it's like, wow, to really think purposefully about how do I use the time that I don't necessarily have a plan for yeah. or the things that I default to, you know? And I think you're right. A lot of times the things that we default to initially we think will be restful in the mm-hmm. moment and then we come out of it and it's kind of like, where did that time go? Yeah. You know, and it's, 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 it's reminding yourself of the truth before you step into that, that it's like the thing that, <clears throat> the thing that might be easiest for me to do in this moment may not be the most beneficial mm-hmm. and choosing the more beneficial thing it's it's kind of like going to the gym. Mm-hmm. Very few times have I have I wanted to go to the gym and work out. Almost every time when I'm done, I'm mm-hmm. glad I did. Yeah. Right. Because there's a rejuvenation that happened that that my body didn't natu- my body wanted to stay like mm-hmm. you know just sitting there immobile, mm-hmm. but it's like no there was actually something rejuvenating about about doing the thing that in the moment didn't feel like I wanted to, mm-hmm. but it's probably a good thing to not fall into a habit of only doing the things that I want to do the moment I want mm-hmm. to do them. Right. Like, but incorporating that discipline, like what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Somebody told me one time that a way to determine if you're resting or just leaning into escapism is if you come out of your rest ready to work again or ready mm-hmm. to be at, in motion again, or if you feel like, I just had in a moment where I escaped from life and now I have to drag mm. myself back into life. So we should mm. actually come away with more energy, not less because of it. Mm. What a, so you, you mentioned like changing some rhythms with Bible reading. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that's been helpful for you? Um, getting around the people that I love, want to be around. <laughs> like that's, yeah, that's an important thing. I think mm. even the past couple of years, there's been a couple of families that have invited me into some of their special Christmas moments mm. that, that past handful of years I've either helped the Hoferts decorate their Christmas tree or gone with them to some like downtown Main Street mm. Christmas trolley ride or something like that. So that's mm-hmm. been super fun to just be pulled into pulled into some family traditions with people. Mm. Um, I think another big thing that comes around in December for me is listening to good music. I Again, I'm a sucker for like good Christmas hymns, like the good, mm. good stuff. Joy to the world. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Hark the herald angels sing where mm. it's like rich theology. And yeah, I love that. I grew up, this is kind of dorky, but I grew up listening to a tape <laughs> where it was, there was a Christmas one that was just songs that were verses in song form, like word mm. for word Bible verses. And still to this day, those are what run through my head. Mm. Was it Steve Green? Christmas. No, I'm oh. sure nobody out there has okay. heard of it. It was GT and the Halo Express. It was wonderful. I loved it. But it. for any parents that are like, <laughs> is this stuff ever going to like sink in? That's legitimately mm. what first mm. comes to mind is these Bible verses that are put to memory yeah. because I sang them as a child. And now I still sing them as I go about Christmas things mm. to this day. So... Here's here's a rhythm that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, rhythms of generosity mm. within Christmas is have is there anything you've incorporated into into your family or into your life as you think through? Gener- I mean, Christmas is the season of giving. Mm. Uh, what does that look like for you guys? 
Yeah, I mean, there's always opportunities. There's something that we always do within the church. You know, we had the Christmas store here. Um, I was collecting gifts. Mm. Um, through some of the, the work that I do within the public school system, it brings us into relationship with uh, poverty-impacted families and, and people that we know and have ongoing relationship with. And so every year there's always the, the bringing the kids along mm. to give gifts and, and to, to be a part of that like gift giving process and stuff, but even, even teaching our kids how to delight in giving gifts to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's beautiful to now watch our kids like want to take their own money then and go like, Hey, I want to get this for uh, Bailey. Cause I know this would make her so happy and, and just delighting in like the joy of giving mm-hmm. rather than getting, we don't, we don't do a, a ton of presents under our tree, like f- from us to each other. Um, so you know, they, they really though delight in being a part of that mm-hmm. process. So those are those are things that we'll do that I think cultivate that generosity. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you have any other examples from your life. Yeah, I I do tend to make use of what we're involved in with the church, which I don't know if that's a cop out answer that I let mm-hmm. somebody else on the staff team plan what I'm going to do for Christmas. But it but is so fun to do it all it together. Is. It, it is. is. Yeah. We collected. I mean, I think it's going to be somewhere between four to six hundred gifts mm-hmm. as a church. To, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's so fun to do. Mm-hmm. One of together. my favorite things we did as a church was honestly when we got to bring the gifts to Cunningham oh, Elementary a couple of years back and like watched the, the kids bundles, open yeah. them. Mm-hmm. That was delightful. Oh. So that like for me was a memory that captured like, wow, this is, this is something I want to be a part of around this season. But I, I think also like you're saying, teaching kids to give gifts well, um, thinking intentionally about gift giving, even how to be a good neighbor in the midst of that. Like, are there ways I could drop off things for my neighbors? I did that around Easter because it seemed like when COVID was at its, we were all being very neighborly around then, but what could I do around Christmas that, um, kind of brings my neighborhood together mm. a little bit and lets people know that we're thinking about each other. Yeah, I think that that was something you mentioned in our uh, one of our member meetings this last week, Cody. Like the question was, how how could I like reach lost people, you know, amidst COVID? And but even thinking through like this Christmas season, it's it's one of the rhythms we've had is like we have a baking day. Usually it's on a weekend or something. Mm-hmm. We'll just bake a ton of cookies and dipped pretzels and stuff like that. And, and a big reason for it is to take plates to our neighbors Mm -hmm. and say, Merry Christmas, like be generous in that way. I do. I don't think it's a cop out to like, to join like the, for the church body as we join together to, for specific things like, uh, like the Christmas store, even, or even the, the call for generosity at the end of the year. It's like, man, I, I think any opportunity for us to, uh, for us to, to loosen our grip on mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. is a highly beneficial spiritual discipline. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And mm-hmm. so it's like there, there is a direct correlation with how I use money and how I value it and what I believe to be true mm-hmm. about God mm-hmm. and Jesus Christ and the gospel. Like there just is. And so yeah. any opportunity, however cop out it might feel is like, is a great thing, you know? So well, even just like year end gifts and tithes to the church, like that is a form of, of worship and giving. Yeah. Anything that kind of rips off your grip of what you have. Seriously. I, I've or, told people before, like, even if you, if you could, if one had an airplane and it, I, I would probably advise to 
like use a little more discretion than this, but if one had an airplane, it would it would be beneficial if you just took some of your own money and dropped it out of the sky. Mm. It, not so much because of like you knew exactly where it was going, but because you're forcing yourself yeah. to let go of it. You know what yeah. I mean? And oh, that, yeah. that's it, the thing. It's like one of my favorite quotes when it comes to generosity is like, you know, we know that greed is is prevalent. You know, it's something that that is in all of us, but the only antidote we know of mm. to greed mm-hmm. is generosity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think the reason why it matters so much, and this is true for any of these habits that are really important, is um, sometimes you can just start mindlessly going through the routine. Yeah. Oh, I have an automatic withdrawal for my gifts to the church mm-hmm. or whatever, and you don't think about it. Mm-hmm. And like having these key moments where you pause and reflect and think about it, uh, put words like sacrificial. What would it look like for us to be sacrificially generous here? Mm-hmm. And not just even with our money, but like kids, what does it look like for us to be sacrificially generous with these Christmas gifts? Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever given to such a level that you didn't get something mm-hmm. because you, you'd you rather give mm-hmm. than to, to have it yourself? You know, like so rare is that form of generosity. You know, it's like even like a whole new, like, wow, I guess I've never thought about that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we live in a society of abundance. So just giving and not being able to go buy it yourself a week later or whatever, like that type of generosity. I think we need that in life to just bring these things to the surface. Mm -hmm. I I think even the same thing with Advent readings or whatever, Mm -hmm. it's an opportunity to kind of bust out of your routines and what you're doing before, something that has a start date and an end date and be like, let's do it. And then you Mm -hmm. typically walk out of it going, that was so good for our family Mm -hmm. or for my own soul. We should try to do stuff like that more often. Yeah. I think I think that's so, so, so important, especially if you have kids. Mm-hmm. And this is regardless of what age they are, is to invite them into the mm-hmm. way that you think about money and the way you think about generosity. And that, that's one of the things, too. Like, you're right, Cody. It's Especially when it's that automatic withdrawal, it's really easy for, for my kids to not see our regular giving. Mm-hmm. To the church, and that's something that I'm like, man, I want to, I want to be able to express even that regular generosity with our kids, and so even taking this Christmas time to redeem that as well, you know, and it's even caused us to go like, should we just stop the regular, like, just the automatic withdrawal and discipline ourselves to write a check every week mm-hmm. and go with our as a family to the box outside of the mm-hmm. auditorium it, just for the pure act i mean i grew up like the offering plate was passed yeah. and so i yeah. saw every yeah. week my my dad put that white envelope in there and mm-hmm. i saw him writing the check before mm-hmm. you know and it, it was just this it was it normalized it yeah. and i'm realizing my kids aren't seeing that in that, you know, in the tithing expression, but even mm-hmm. to even to redeem that from a from a generosity perspective here at Christmas where it's like, yeah, let's let's go to the store. We're 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 buying gifts for mm-hmm. people that we've never met. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, we're we're thinking of a family this Christmas to to bless generously with, you know, with a financial gift because we know the situation they're in and stuff like that and and our kids will know who that is and we'll give it to them anonymous, anonymously, but we know and like mm-hmm. all this like that's just such a delightful thing to even mm-hmm. instill that in the hearts of our kids where it's like you're going to get presents, but actually the the greater thing and that like what it truly is more blessed to give than to receive mm-hmm. and to try to help instill that in kids early on. And that's that's not to make them feel bad for enjoying their presence, but yeah, it is to go sure. like, just as enjoyable as this is, 
this is just as enjoyable, if not more. And you'll you'll come to find that to be true as you get older, but I don't want you to have to wait until you're older to see yeah. it done in practice. Yeah. And so pulling our kids into that, I think, is really important. Yeah. 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 So, so we're not doing a candlelit service this year? <laughs> we're not. She I'm asked. Sorry. It wasn't me. I'm sorry. We're I not, didn't put her up to it. We're not doing a candlelit service this year. It'll that, happen again. Sure that isn't we'll to say again. there won't be candles, <laughs> yeah. but that is to say mm, okay. we you won't we be passing like, them out. Like doing things like <laughs> and making traditions. It's like mm. we love the ability to be flexible. <laughs> <laughs> and so. Okay, here, here's, here's a good question I think to close on. So for the family or for the person who goes, I haven't really thought intentionally about this in real any way. I kind of stumbled into the Christmas season. It's already December, what is it? December 8th, as we record it now. And it'd be easy to go, well, I missed it. I'll just have to wait till next year. Like, what is some, what is like one thing? If you could say, hey, begin this rhythm even today, even a third of the way into December. Mm-hmm. And we still think it would be beneficial, even if you did it, started it right now. This isn't like right or wrong, but just like, I think this would be beneficial. Uh, even if you're like the day before Christmas, I would I would find some accounts of Jesus's birth in the Bible and read them mm. really slowly and imagined, imaginatively. Mm. <laughs> Is that the word? Uh, yeah, particularly Luke 1 and 2. And I love the fact that it was shepherds that are told first and not mm. kings and queens. I love Simeon and just meditating on who he is and what was promised to him and what he got to see and delight in as he met and held his savior. And yeah, I just think soaking in some of those biblical narratives. Um, and then even digging back to some Old Testament prophecy that is being fulfilled in the birth of Christ. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I'm glad you said something with the Bible because I was like, because you're going to be the right. It's not just the right answer. You're like, and you're like, gotta say the good Christian thing. Good like, job, it, it's Laura. just true. Like, okay. like you passed. Like, like, you know, we were just talking about this downstairs. Like, if you're struggling with finding joy in mm. Jesus, but you're not reading your Bible, I just want to like slap you upside the head and be like, open your Bible. Yeah. 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 That's what to keep yourself immersed in all that Jesus is. So I, I definitely would say that. So you you said it, so I get to say because I was like I was like I think there's a, there's other answers to go with this that that uh, maybe scratched a little bit deeper or differently. But um, I just I want people to just slow down and to be present. I think if there's one thing I hate about nostalgia, though I love nostalgia, uh, is that you get so preoccupied with the running around and the hustle and the bustle of it because you're trying to get all these experiences and you're trying to create all these things. And this is all part of the Mm -hmm. holiday season, right? You know, and, and in the non COVID years, it's, it's then like school concerts. And I mean, it's just like every other week gets full and it's office Christmas parties and stuff. So it's a little bit different this year, but like to just slow down and to be present, lose your phone. Don't turn on the TV. Create space to like be with people and just do life without an agenda, without a hurry. Uh, but I think just to, to be present. So for our household, 
uh, it's been a lot of board games lately and just soaking up some hours together. It was even over the weekend just doing breakfast with another family up the street and exchanging kind of some home-baked stuff and just delighting a relationship. And it was it was beautiful because it started at like seven-ish, you know, was like the first person that came into our house, like the last person left at like 11.30 noon. It just kind of stretched out. And it was just one of those like, that's what I want to be doing this time of year is just enjoying life with with people and slowing down and just being present and i think for a lot of people that that could be like the best gift they give themselves is like just slowing down and uh i don't know i, I could mm-hmm. rant on that for a while mm-hmm. but, but i think just just being present mm. uh, yeah i think one thing that i would i think i like what both of you said if i could add something different to it i'd, I'd go uh redeem a rhythm that you already have so whether that's you have a regular routine for dinners, for you take a shower at the same time every day, you drink coffee at the same time, something that you already do regularly mm-hmm. and incorporate some level of scripture reading into that. If, if it's in the shower, take, take the card that we've been handing out every Sunday or go to the website. You can download that. And we, we created it as a lock screen. You can download mm-hmm. it as a picture. And now it's on your phone every time you... You pick up your phone a lot. Mm-hmm. Every time you open it, you'll see the scripture, the question, and the answer. Right. Like, do something to to redeem a rhythm that you have, and you'll be amazed that how little time it actually takes, and how how powerful that can be. It reminds me when we talked about family worship. Like, in the same way that massive canyons are formed by small streams, mm-hmm. like don't underestimate the power, mm-hmm. the powerful trickle of holy habits, mm-hmm. and. I think I think that's part of our desire is, is in this season uh, to for ourselves and and for our church to to really try to redeem the time that we have mm-hmm. this year and and create maybe one one rhythm that can at least be sustained through this Christmas season as we focus our eyes on the beauty of Christ mm-hmm. and what He came to do. So yeah, I think good. the concept of creating realistic i think that makes it attainable and realistic it's not the goal here the like urge to you listening is not like do these 50 things (laughs) that your family could buy this advent book and this and this it's like figure out one or two things that are attainable Mm -hmm. that you'll actually do but can make a huge difference if you do that i mean if you want to be present you probably actually need to do less Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so cut some stuff out yeah well, this, this was really fun. Thank you guys for sitting down. We didn't even get in our argument about nostalgia. I know. We'll save, okay. we'll save that for another time, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Let's just say you lose. How about we just... I can lose. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what, Laura? Wow, in the spirit of Christmas. In the spirit of Christmas, you're right. Thank you. And I'm wrong. That's all I've wanted to hear. <laughs> That's all I've yeah. ever wanted. <laughs> Merry Christmas to me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thanks, you guys.